hello everyone and welcome once again to the wonderful world of Goonie and Goonie's world. <laughs> I am Ryan, also known as Mean, and seated across from me directly is Goonie himself. Hello. And to my left, Mr. Johnny Fair, also known as Sean. Hello everybody, and today we are going to go back to the wild west of the United States. We're playing a game called God is a Gun which is a homebrew game that uh, is basically the same system as the spy game, which we played a while back on this show. And uh, I think maybe we'll just jump right in if there's no objections from you guys. I don't have any objections at all. Okay, we're already in character. Well, let us go back to the Wild West with God is a Gun. Now just picture for a moment the huge open spaces of the American Southwest, scrubland and bizarre rock formations for as far as the eye can see. And the sky is all washed with this red-orange sunset. And you're riding this dusty trail together. You've already met on the road, introduced yourselves to one another, and made, well, a friendship of a sort. It's always a little bit safer to to travel together, especially through Apache country. But you're headed to a town called Belligerence, Arizona. It's a town that's close to the Mexican border that offers much promise. Uh, there's been a, a silver mine that's been discovered there, and it may not be gold, but it's second to best. And the town's growing by leaps and bounds, they say. A man could really make a future there or start a new life. And uh, it's really what the American dream is all about. Now, the railroad hasn't reached it yet, but the railroad's on its way. In fact, on your way here, you would have passed this uh, hell-on-wheels-style rail community with a bunch of Irish and Chinese and other cheap labor building the railroad to get to belligerence to meet up with a, a spur of the other railroad called the Sonora Pacific Spur, which does run nearby, but not through the town of belligerence. And so you've been riding together for a couple of days. And why don't you, let's just describe and introduce your characters for a little bit. And since we've already heard your voice, uh, Ryan, your character, let, let's talk about your character for a little bit. Okay, well, uh, my name's Lionel Jones, but everybody calls me Stinkfinger. And uh, uh, I'm wearing a pair of coveralls, uh, denim, um, a pair of uh, boots. They're kind of worn, you know, I think got a toe sticking out. Um, I got a revolver, but nobody knows where it is. And I've got some pemmican and a pocket watch. And I got this here, this here bone from an Apache's index finger. It's cursed. Okay, okay, I like it, I like it. And uh, you got a horse, too, of course, that you're riding on. Oh, I do? Yeah, yeah, you guys are all, you guys are mounted, both of you. Well, I was going to ride with Charlie, but that's fine. Okay, good. I got a horse now. Yeah, you got a horse, and it could be, uh, you know, it might be a horse that matches your character a bit. Who knows? But Charlie, speaking of Charlie, let, let's yes. meet Charlie Branson, our other character. Charlie Branson. I see him wearing standard cowboy hat. I don't have as much details as Brian. I, I, he's, he's wearing a, a vest. He's got. He, he's a, a tidy... Dresser, he's neat, and he's a black guy, right? And he is, yes, he is. Okay. Oh, right. I didn't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, so yeah, kind of a classy, a classy gentleman, I guess, to a degree. Sophisticated. Yes, very sophisticated. Yeah. Well, you're riding together, and like I say, it's about coming on sundown. You hope to reach belligerence soon. But uh, up, up ahead, uh, the trail wraps around this gigantic clump of cactus on a sage-covered gigantic boulder. And you can hear some rough laughter from up ahead. And the sound of a uh, struggle and some, some high-pitched whimpering types of sounds. <laughs> You'll get on up there, boy. You ain't gonna be laughing too much longer. <laughs> uh, somebody's being bullied or something on the other side of that rock. Well, I don't like bullies. No, that's terrible. Let's go shoot them. Well, let's check it out. All right, so you guys want to ride around the other side of the boulder and get a look-see? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to spur my horse into action. All right. Well, you guys ride around the boulder, and you see six sunburned cowboys, identifiable with their big dusty chaps and long dusters. Like I say, there's six of them, and they're in the process of lynching. This dandy-looking gentleman, he's already a few feet off the ground, kicking his feet. They're pulling him up over a natural land bridge. It's not a tree, but there's like a little, you know, uh, spur of rock that juts out in one of these weird rock formations. And he's kicking and grabbing. The, they don't have his hands tied behind his back. He's desperately clawing at, at his neck, trying to get his fingers in under the noose. And they're all laughing. Hey, swing, Fritz. Why don't you swing? Hey, call for the Kaiser now, boy. <laughs> and they don't notice you guys yet as you ride up behind. How many, how many of them are there? There's six of them. Six of these cowboys. Now they just look like uh, regular old range boys. They don't look uh, particularly badass or experienced. But uh, <clears throat> anyway, and the guy who's kicking, I say he's dandified. He's wearing real nice clothes. Uh, not not nice in the way that yours are, functional. I mean, this is like some a banker or somebody like that would wear. He's got mud and chops, and there's some broken spectacles lying on the on the dirt underneath his little kicking legs. He's like, oh, oh. but he could see well, and he's like, help me, for the love of God, help me. Hold it right there, cowboys. What the, what, 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 what? What's this all about? They all turn around and point their pistols at you. Hey now, no need for guns and violence, sir. Well, listen here now, boy, and old man. You just better stay clear of our business here. We're just doing nothing but hanging a German. He ain't up to no good. I am a tourist, please, to help me. Yeah. What, what exactly has he done? Oh, you know how them Germans are up to no good. He's trying to get south of the border to rile up them Mexicans against us. What with the Kaiser going hog wild in Europe? You know they're up to no good when you see these Germans coming down here. You just mind your own business, we're gonna hang him. Please, please, I'll I, I give you a great reward if you should help me. I beg you. We ain't got time for no trials now, boy. Why don't you go ahead and step off and take your fancy cell phone down to town and get yourself a nice woman. You too, Grandpa. Why don't you get on out of here? Yeah, Grandpa, get on out of here. Well, what do we think we should do? I don't want to have to kill all these guys. Well, I don't want to either, but sometimes you just have to take a stand. Please, please help me, I swear. I will make it for your vile. You ain't gonna do nothing, boy. You're gonna hang. And they've got him about six feet off the, off the ground now. It's nothing that I haven't done before. Killed a bunch of 
white cowboys. They're always trying to kill me, so I've had to have a fast trigger, trigger finger. So, are you guys gonna lay into him? I pull uh, my revolver out of my crotch. Uh, look out, they're gonna shoot! All right, you guys can go ahead and fire into the crowd if you want to. Well, it looks like uh, now those are body rolls. So, oh, I hit. Yeah, yeah. Looks like uh, Charlie's bullet goes a little wild, but but uh, Stinkfinger's bullet carries on home. One of the guys cries out, knocked from his uh, knocked from his perch. Now they've they've got horses here too, but not all of them are in fact mounted. The two that were is one of them you hit. He's fallen from his horse, and a few of them fire back at y'all. Hey, hey, oh, oh, no, no, no. And then they're shouting and screaming. One of the bullets strikes you, Charlie, unless. Unless that is, you could dodge out of the way with the body roll, and no, you get tagged with a bullet and you get a scratch on you. So on your character sheet, you can mark scratched. So we all know, and the bullet carries right past you. And get them on, get them on, boys. And two, two of them now, they run up, try to grab the the reins of your horses, take control of your horses as they rush in, and one of them grabs. But one of them tries to grab your horse, Charlie, the reins, but your horse backs away and kicks at him, won't let him do it. But one of them comes up to you, Stinkfinger, gets right a hold of the bit, and uh, tries to force your horse to go kneel down so you'll fall over the top. What do you want to do? You can kick him in the face, you can shoot him point blank. What do you want to do? Meanwhile, the German's still kicking his leg and choking, and he hasn't fallen down yet. Well, I guess I'm just going to shoot him. Alright, now point blank with the six gun, this old boy. Boom! Oh no! Now you could use a luck and re-roll that, otherwise your gun's gonna jam, because you rolled a one. Wait, I'm sorry! We wanna roll low, not I. That was that was confused momentarily. Yes, you were, because I'm like trained to see a one and think bad, but in fact it is the best thing that could be rolled. And a ten would be the worst thing. At any rate, boom! Not only do you hit him, that's it. Excuse me, that's an instant kill. And his his head explodes right in front of you. Splatters a little bit of mist on your face. Oh, gross. Yeah, and then, uh, like I say, the German fella's still kicking and, and screaming. And what are you doing, Charlie? I'll shoot again. All right, now who are you shooting at? Just one of the guys? Or? Just one of the guys. All right, just one of the guys. Because two of those guys are down already. Hopefully these are cowards. You might run if you can get a few of them, but uh, there's still four of them left, and two of them are still grabbing onto the rope, pulling this poor German up over the... I'll, I'll shoot at one of those guys. Okay. I hit this time. This time you one of them gets hit, and he lets go of the rope, and the German falls, because the other guy who's holding on the rope can't, can't lift him. And the German falls to the ground with a crunch. Oh! I got that. And it says something in German. And uh, <clears throat> meanwhile, there's only three of these boys left, and they begin to get nervous looks at each other. One of them, they don't drop their weapons. One goes, all right now, all right now, since you so all hell inspired to interfere, we're just going to head on our way. We're going to go back to the ranch now with uh, no hard feelings. Obviously, you care quite a bit about the German Empire. But I ain't know if this is the hill I want to die on today. What do you say we just part casual acquaintances? You're just going to go and cause more trouble and kill some other German. It's just going to keep happening until somebody puts you down like a mad dog. 
put me down like a dog. You don't want to need to be put down like a dog, boy. No. All right, now he tries to draw on you. What do you? Let's roll in the highest roller or the lowest roller. Is one who draws first. Oh, oh no. Well, he, players win ties, so you might want to try. I've just rolled a one here. We're gonna see if. Oh no! Well, he draws on you, Charlie, and he fires. Oh no! And his gun jams. What? 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 I knew that was gonna happen. All right. Well, you may fire back. I'm the one that jammed your gun. Somehow. Oh, oh, you using voodoo, boy? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Meanwhile, I what are you doing? They're, they're firing each other and can't hit each other. What are you doing, Stinkfinger? Um, I, well, gosh, I, uh, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start rubbing on, on this, uh, this finger bone and shoot. And hope that, 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 yeah, hits. Oh, wow, must work. That finger bone must be magical, because you hit, you hit that guy who was shooting at, uh, who was shooting at Charlie and he's down. Now the other two... They just jump onto their horses and ride like hell. Unless you guys want to go out and shoot them down in the back while they're riding away. Yep, 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 yep. Charlie get up, get up, wants get up. to hunt these. He just wants to put an end to these people. But he's not going to. He wants to get. He won't shoot them in the back. He's going to try to cut them off. Okay. Charlie spurs off his horse and rides around a couple of his great big rock formations and tries to cut those guys off at the bend. But. I need a new die. <laughs> You see him, uh, but you see those guys riding away. Oh, he switched it with me, huh? Okay, switching his dice with me. Now I should start to fail on most of my rolls. Yeah. Anyway, you don't head those guys off, but uh, you come up onto a ridge and you see them riding down into a valley towards the north. Uh, you could shoot them from a distance with your rifle or you could just let them go. I'll take aim with my rifle. All right. You got plenty of time to shoot both of them, so one roll. If you succeed, you really take them out. They've got no cover they can take. <laughs> I knew oh, that well. would work. Yeah, in fact, that's a critical success, so we're going to say that that one bullet just went right through both of them, and they fall to the ground. Their horses keep on running, presumably back to whatever ranch they said they came from, but the other, the horses of the other four guys are just milling around here. And they've all got a brand on them of a moon, like a half moon like, or like a crescent moon. Mm-hmm. But they've got packs and, uh, you know, rations and water, things like that. Meanwhile, Stinkfigure, you had gone over to the German who was coughing and choking. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I thought I was dead for sure. Oh, oh why did I ever come to the vile vest? I wanted to help the poor Mexicans, you see. Uh, but, you know, oh, hello. Charlie comes back over. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I am... I am Hector von Molskin. Uh, pleased to meet you. Hello, um... What, 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 what are you doing, man, out here? Well, I was on the stagecoach, you see. I was going to this town belligerent to recruit a crew. So I was going to... I had a job I was going to do, but now... I am not cut out for the vile vest. I... But I tell you what I will do. I will tell you the tip I have. And you, you can make hundreds of thousands of dollars for yourselves. All I want is some of these horses and supplies. I'm turning around. And I'm going to go back to Phoenix. And eventually back to Germany. Maybe I can get the train to San Francisco. But I, I came to help the poor Mexicans. You know, that uh, this General Modena, he's in revolution there. 
And, uh, and you guys know that Mexico is just a constant series of puppet governments and factions fighting each other all the time. It's a real pain south of the border. Meanwhile, you know, Europe is at war and America is really isolationist. And partly that's because, you know, Mexico is in turmoil. America is a lot more concerned about what's happening in Mexico than they are anywhere else in the world. And uh, Japan has also been making scary noises recently. This is the year 1908, so we're getting towards the end of the era of the Old West. But out here in the Southwest, much of Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, it's as wild as it ever was if it's not right on the railroad. And so, yeah, he explains how he, he wanted to come and see if there's anything he could do, you know, to help the, the, Mexi the Mexican peasants and so on. But uh, after telling that story, he's like, that's why I wanted to help this General Modena, because he was going to bring the help to the people. But I had, I had heard through my contacts from shipping agents in San Francisco, they're shipping guns in on the Sonora Pacific Rail Spur, you see. I was going to go to belligerents and get a crew together and uh, steal the guns and go and sell them to General Modena to arm the peasants for the revolution, you see. But now I know I, I don't have it in me. I don't have it in me. I will ride back to, I will ride back to Phoenix and, and get the train to San Francisco and, and go home to, to uh, Germany where my, my wife and my children wait for me. But I will never forget you. I will never forget you for the kindness that you have done for I'll me. I will never forget you too. But listen, I tell you, oh. <laughs> you, could, you could take these guns when they come through on the train. September 4th, that's in two days. You'll be coming through on the, on the Sonora Pacific Rail Spur. That's a little bit south of, the, of uh, belligerents. But as they say in belligerents, there's a great many of uh, the criminal element, as you say. I was going to recruit a crew there, but... Listen, I have this for you. Uh, he, he, he gets out a wrinkled... Uh, a big stack of wrinkly money. Greasy, much handled American dollars. Listen, 100 American dollars for you. Thank you, thank you for saving my life. This will get you by a good start in, in, the, in the town of belligerence, yes? That will help, but if you'd, if you'd rather us have it, then fine. No, we'll you, take it. No, I, I, I have a little bit set aside for myself, you see, and I will take two of these horses... And these, uh, these cowboys, they have plenty of uh, uh, trail rations here for me, and beans and bacon I see and water. And I will just take the stagecoach, uh, the same route as the stagecoach. See, they, they robbed the stagecoach, you see. And some of my friends died, and some disappeared in the night. I think the Apache took them. Oh, I say, Hector von Moskin is not cut out for the vile vest. I must go home to Germany. <laughs> But you can make yourselves rich men, I tell you. And you'll be helping the poor peasants of Mexico. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know about selling arms and, and fund revolutions and stuff, man. I don't know. I, yes, I've, I've, never been any, uh, I've never been a part of anything like that before. But you are Americans. You should be thinking big. Yes... Anyway, I must go before it gets too much darker. I, I, I think I can make it back to the next watering hole uh, for I've a camp. I will take this man's uh, Remington rifle here. That will be that will suit me well. And and he hops up on one of the horses and takes the reins of the other horse, makes sure he's got you know uh, rations and, and things that keep him on the trail. And he says goodbye, 
may God bless you. I'll never forget you. No. Goodbye. Goodbye, black cowboy. Yes. All right. Well, and uh, Hector von Molsky, the, the German who's not cut out for the Wild West after all, rides off into the night, into the darker part of the night. These tourists never are cut out for the West. Have to be born here. Have to go through everything that we had to go through. That's a really bad place to try to visit. Yes, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Blood and dirt, mostly. Blood and dirt, indeed. And the sky, in fact, is a blood red off to the west as you continue to ride on in towards belligerence. And after it's been dark for about an hour or so, you can see up out on a great valley, there's a very tiny, tiny little crick running through a valley. The crick's running to the south, probably all the way to the Rio Grande. Um, which just glows a little bit in this little ribbon in the moonlight. And there's lights from a town up ahead. Must be belligerence down in the valley below as you ride down out of the, the kind of the rock formations and the, uh, the high ground out onto the, uh, out onto the scrub and sage-covered plain where the town of belligerence is. And as you get around to the edge, of course, it's not a fortified town just like all these other Western towns are just sprawled out there in the middle of nowhere. Um, they don't have to be built all in close together. There's plenty of space between the buildings, but it's a good-sized town. There's several dozen, like, family homes. You can see a church steeple. Um, they're building a train station here, even though the train tracks don't come here yet. And as you get out to the edge, there's a livery stable and so on and so forth. You can hear some lights and music coming from a saloon. Um, and, uh, there's a hotel as well uh, called the Pompadour that uh, has lights and looks rather welcoming. Of course, you'll want to get your, sta- your horses stabled and everything eventually if you're going to stay for any amount of time. But in the meantime, you know, you can just rope them off there on the, you know, in front of the buildings themselves. But as you're coming into town, there's this uh, fella who's sitting at the outside of the sheriff's office. He had his feet up on the railing. And he's smoking a, a hand-rolled cigarette. And as you come up, he puts his feet off the railing and walks up and goes out in the road to meet you. He's a real clean-cut guy, freshly shaven, nice clothes, dresses a lot like you, Charlie. He's mm-hmm. real classy. He goes, well, hey there, how are you folks doing? He's got a little tin star on his on his. Pleased to meet you. Well, I always like to meet new folks that come into town. I'm T.J. Smiley. I'm sheriff around these parts. And, Boy, I hope you fellas aren't coming into town to causing trouble. We've got ourselves a real good community here. You see, we've got church and everything. Plenty of women folk. We'd like to run a tight, clean ship here. I hope you're not going to come and cause any problems now, fella. That's not the intention. Well, what brings you all here anyway? You coming to settle down? You coming to work? What about you, old man? You coming to work the silver mine? Well, I was thinking about it. I, you know, a lot of silver in them there hills, and I was going to get it all. That's absolutely what I hear. Now, you got the mining interest in town. You want to talk to them and stake yourself a claim if you're so inclined. But now, fellas, again, my name's T.J. Smiley. If you need anything or if anyone messes with you, now, I know you look like you can take care of yourselves. But we prefer to let law and order handle things here in belligerence, despite the name. Like we think on changing the name to something like Perseverance or Liberty or something like that, a little more positive, you know? I may I may look like a nice fella, but you don't want to see me when I'm angry. These these six guns can kill from a hundred paces. 
<clears throat> yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, you guys want to get a room at the hotel, or do you want to go into the the saloon first? It's a this Jay Gould public house is what it says on the outside. Oh, I need a whiskey. I'll follow you into the saloon. I could use a nice drink. Okay, you rope off your horses. You go into the saloon, and you can hear the player piano music. There's a player piano playing itself over in the corner. And there's a few ladies of the evening uh, up on a balcony looking down onto the crowd. And it's a rather crowded, uh, rather crowded uh, saloon room. And everybody turns around to look at you when you come in. There's a few eyebrows raised when they see you, Charlie. The barkeep just grunts at you. As if to ask what you want. Whiskey. Of course. And he looks at you and grunts. Do you speak English? Yeah. Ain't right now. What? What do you want, boy? What did he say, Charlie? I believe he's asking you what you want. Yeah. I want you to talk like a normal person. I'm talking like a normal person. Do you have a bartender who can speak? Hey, I believe maybe you've been, uh, had a previous career in the mine, in the mines. (laughs) It sounds like you had a previous career in having a stroke. Well, you'll have to forgive him, says a woman's voice. I'm afraid he's been saved from a lynching a while back. And uh, one of the ladies of the evening comes walking down the stairs. I'm Genevieve Gould. This is my establishment. You boys uh, come on along and dust a trail, I see. She pours whiskeys for both of you. And, uh, that'll be a dollar. I'll assume you guys each give her a mm-hmm. dollar. Which is very expensive, but that's how things are out here in the West. Now, what brings you boys into town, boy? I take one look at y'all, and I just think you're up to all kinds of no good. People always assume that about me, but... That's... Those are racists! <laughs> I, I'm just, uh... Wandering around, but not looking for trouble. Well, I got some friends here who are waiting for someone, but uh, you don't look like who they're waiting for, so... I don't suppose either of you boys are uh, from overseas. You sure don't sound like it. No, but... Oh, you mean like the German guy? Well, as a matter of fact, I know uh, some some fellas in the back room that'll say they're waiting on a German, says uh, Genevieve Gould. He wasn't cut out for the West, that's what he told us. He's heading back. Oh, you met this German? Oh, yes. Well, maybe I ought to introduce you to these friends who's waiting for the German. Oh, I hope they're better friends than the other ones we ran into. What, you run into trouble out there already, honey? She didn't come looking for it, but sure ran into it. About a dozen cowboys harassing this man trying to lynch him. Oh, I bet you those boys are from the Mickelson Ranch. They're a bad bunch. They're several miles off well, to the north. We shot them down, but the horses probably went right back to the ranch, and sooner or later they'll figure out what happened. Well, the rest of them come out. Honey, I wouldn't go talking about that too loud. <laughs> well, I aim to go down there and finish, finish them all off. Really? Well, that's a bold endeavor. Maybe we ought to get those... Well, we, maybe we ought to talk privately. Maybe well, maybe you ought to go into the hutch. That's a private room. Now, my friends have already been established back there. Let me make you, Let me make some introductions. What do you say now, sugar? Fine. Okay, well, this is uh, Genevieve Gould, or... Sorry, Guinevere is actually her name. Guinevere Gould. Leads you 
into the back room is a hutch, like a little party room. And there's a small table in there. And there are three men and a woman in there. And uh, the woman's actually a, a very attractive woman, but she's wearing man clothes. And uh, there's a, a real thin-lipped fella um, with icy blue eyes. And he doesn't stand up, but he obviously seems like their leader. And then there's a guy with long mutton chops and glasses and a gigantic fella. And says, I just thought uh, you'd all like to be introduced, says Guinevere. She leaves the room. And uh, this, this main guy says, I'm Jesse Loveless. How are you? Says the lipless fellow. I'm Charlie Branson. No. What'd you say your name was? Jesse Loveless. Oh. I'm Stinkfinger Jones. Stinkfinger Jones. That's right. All right. How about you? I said my name was Charlie Branson. Oh, I didn't hear you. They call you Mr. Branson, do they? All right. They call me Char- Charlie Branson. <laughs> well, they call me Kate Calhoun, says the lady. Oh, uh, that's a lady? What the hell you talk about? I'm a lady. He, he doesn't see very well. Oh, Excuse him. I've got cataracts. Well, there's, my, there's my buddy here. My, Jesse says, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Grim Freely. Grim Freely is the guy with the mutton chops and the glasses. And this here fellow, the great big one, we just call him Bug. I'm Bug. Says Bug. He's big. So, uh, Guinevere tells us that you, uh, you've run into our German. We've been here waiting for a German on offer of employment. She says you done met our German. Yes, he went back to uh, where he came from with his tail between his legs. He wasn't cut out for this business. Well, now that just really puts Jesse Loveless out, says Jesse Loveless, who apparently has a habit of referring to himself in the third person. And Jesse Loveless and his crew here thought they was going to get an offer of employment. I don't suppose he, uh, he clued you in on exactly what caper he had in mind. Oh, he's talking about... Mexicans and, oh, yes. and revolutions. A revolution, and... but I don't know if we want to be a part of that. Oh, hell, there's a revolution in Mexico every 30 days, says Kate Calhoun. Maybe we ought to put those guns to other use. Well, what kind of guns are you talking about? Well, I'm not Jesse sure Lovelace. what's... But there was a... I believe the job was a whole bunch... Uh, was a train coming through with a whole bunch of guns on it. Well, I tell you... If it is a train job, we'd be willing to go in on it with you. But you say you got some kind of use for these guns? Because if it was up to me, I'd go sell them guns to the Mexicans. They're the ones what need them. You got some kind of vendetta going on in your mind? Well, I think we ought to use them to take out the rest of those ranches. Just because well, I don't like them. You say ranches. You talking about the Mickelson boys up north? Yes, because oh. we don't take them out. They're going to come after me. You think so? Oh, I know it. Well, well I, I know Mr. Mickelson. He's a fine fella. I'm sure you can... I can arrange a little sit-down, and old Jesse Loveless could persuade him this is all just a terrible misunderstanding. Now, are you two, Are you related to this family of the Mickelsons? Well, I'm not related to them, but uh, we're in a neighborly way. I've got to be careful who I associate with... I know I'm not from around here. So you say... Well, how many of them did you kill? Well, did we kill all 12 of them? Six. Six. You killed all six of them? Yes. Well, I tell you, boy, yeah, you're right. Them horses gonna run back. He's gonna know something happened, but... uh, 
you know, that's the way it is out here sometimes. He got a realistic attitude about his boys. Maybe we need to have a little peace talk and have sit down, smoke a little peace pipe with Mr. Mickelson, make you feel a little better about your new arrangements here in Belligerence. I could arrange such a meeting if they was worth my while. I uh, I don't want any tr- any traps. Well, well, now what what good would I do keeping you in a trap? I'm I want to get some information out of you, boy. I need to know. I need to know about this train that you're talking about and where it is coming and whatnot. Because if you're not interested in selling some guns to the Mexicans, Jesse Loveless sure is, and so's his lady, Kate Calhoun. And so is Bug. And I got my boy Grim Freely here. He's the best lock man in the business. Well, the thing is, I'd like to have those guns before I go and see uh, this family. Oh, who's, I who's, think uh, I... <laughs> members I have gunned down. Well, now listen here. If we're going to be going guns, if you're going to be getting guns, we got to be selling the guns. Wouldn't you agree, old man? Well, I, I just, yeah, I mean, I'd probably sell them. I mean, I just, I don't get them. What else are you going to do with them? I mean, you can shoot people with them, but I already got guns I can shoot people with. That's right. We all got guns that can shoot people. I tell you who don't have guns? Mexican peasants. That's who don't have guns. But, like I say, I can understand a man not wanting to be riding south if he thinks that somebody's going to be coming from behind him from the north with a bullet in his back. I understand that, Mr. Branson. But I tell you what, maybe you should be armed with a nice big load of guns. But I tell you what, you can't just be stopping trains and unloading guns willy-nilly. How many think you could carry? Well, not very much by myself. Well, that's why you need us. Look at Boog here. Boog here's got himself a nice wagon. And Boog, you may not know what to look at him, but he's the finest driver west of the Rockies. I tell you what, he's a good driver. He knows how to handle them mules. We got a nice big wagon. We can put at least uh, two dozen boxes on that wagon now. Cover that up. And, and, and Kate Calhoun here, you may not know her, but she's the best crowd control person i ever seen in my life. She knows how to handle that shotgun. And I myself am not afraid of doing what needs to be done, but we lack one thing. We need the brains of the operation. We don't have a strong leader. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't know when that train's coming. That's why we're waiting for the German, because everybody knows the Germans are all masterminds. Superior intellect, well, so I've been told by believe Germans. It, believe it or not, I am an educated man, and I, I suppose I could uh, come up with a plan. Now, what, now what about you, Mr. Stinkfinger? What's your speciality? I just shoot stuff. No crowd control. Maybe you work with Kate here. I work with you. But keep that stink finger away from me. <laughs> <laughs> There's some awkward laughter around the table. Is everybody? Is everybody present? Thinks of and then stifles a joke. <laughs> uh, now suppose that. Uh, all right now, and uh, Guinevere Gould brings in a uh, whiskey for you guys to share and. Jesse Lovelace pours the whiskeys, and he's like, Now, suppose you tell me all about this train. Don't tell them about the train. <laughs> well, I think they already know about the train. Yeah, but we don't know exactly when and where it's coming through. And you you may not remember, but I mean, uh, uh, Von Molsky did case September 4th in uh, two days. 1908, mm-hmm. September 4th, coming on the Southern Pacific Rail Spur. But if you want to share all that with you him, said you Sonora can. Pacific. Sonora. Oh, that's right. Sonora Pacific Rail Spur. 
And you can share all that with him if you want. We don't have to roleplay it all out. But well, I don't think we should tell him. We're all, we should just... Like, when it's time to actually go, then we tell him. Because we don't want him to, like, tie us up and, and then go get the train by yes, himself. Yes, uh, we've got... I say out loud in front of all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, got, I hate to say it because uh, it offends my sensibilities, but uh, the old stink finger here makes a, just a lick of sense, i got to admit. Yes, uh, we've got information, and we want to be useful. And you don't trust Jesse Loveless, do you? Says Jesse Loveless. <laughs> I don't trust it. Any man. This is not the place to go out trusting people. <laughs> nope. Bug trusts you. I appreciate that, Bug. Now, listen here. Uh, well, suppose we just formulate ourselves a little plan, then. What do you say? All so, right. All right. Well, we're going to assume for the rest of that evening you guys talk a little bit about a plan and how you might uh, rob a train and so on and so forth. But uh, if, if you want to go out and, like, get a lay of the land and see where the train's coming through and things like that, you can you could do that over the next few days. Or... Uh, if you've already got a good idea of how to rob a train, you tell me. But uh, um, Jesse, with the next day, if you want him to, Jesse will take you out. You know, with the lay of the land where the Sonora Pacific Railroad is. Well, but we don't want him to know. Uh, I guess he knows what train is going to be. Yeah, he would. Out. There would basically only be one choice, but he doesn't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll have them just be ready. We'll have to give them, like, signal mm-hmm. or something when they need. And they should have everything, the, the coach or whatever they need to have to put the guns on. Well, don't you worry. Don't you worry. We'll be ready to go as soon as you say when. All right, then. All right, then. Well, what do you guys do to kill time over the next two days in Belligerence? You can go buy yourself a new outfit, you get a shave. You, I assume you'll be staying at the hotel. I've spent a little money there. But uh, do you go out yourselves and survey the rail track? And, and uh, uh, Might as well, I think. Okay. And uh, kind of think about how we want to... We'll probably have to stop the train and its tracks, slow it down... You know, uh-huh. uh, somehow we're going to have to put some kind of obstruction on the tracks or maybe. All right. Well, I'll let you think about that for a little bit. When well, you go ahead. Well, so first of all, for it's already it, like it was getting late. Yeah, I, I assume it, ba- it was basically dark when you got to. Time. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so for the remainder of that night, I just I, I think Stinkfinger is just going to get plastered with the saloon. Yeah, I think that sounds mm-hmm. that sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, tell ridiculous stories to people uh, that are may or may not be true uh, about his exploits uh, in the West. And then he, in the morning, he wants to get some dynamite. All right. Well, the the <clears throat> the mining concern will will probably have all the dynamite you need. People in town can tell you tell you that. We'll assume it's pretty early. And that uh, you guys are going into the Outfitters. <clears throat> and this is where you can also make your claims and things like that. But, boy, they just got... St- it's not like there's any prohibitions on selling it out here. And there do, however, you do see there are uh, half a dozen uh, blue jackets, as they call them, soldiers here. 
and uh, <clears throat> they're they're from Fort Lewis, which is nearby, and they're kind of billeted at the hotel here, basically just to provide general security because they know the local you know the local town isn't incorporated enough yet to be able to provide that, and because the mining company has so much influence, they want some people around. But they're lounging around just in case anyone causes a terrible amount of trouble at this supply depot. Well, there, old timer, what can I do for you there? I am going to start a mining deal to dig up all the silver. Well, now you gotta file yourself a claim there, boy, but I tell you what, once you get that claim filed, we can get all kinds of supplies for you. In fact, you could just get the supplies and then go right over and make your claim. Unless you're gonna go out and unclaim land and just start blasting randomly here and there. Which you could do, but I would watch out for the Apache if you're gonna do that now, because they don't take too kind of them random explosions. I'll, I'll just file a claim, man. That's fine. I'll do that. Well, we got a bundle of dynamite here I can give you, boy, for $100. Oh, so can we. Can we. Can you, I, can't, I can't really do more than 50 $50? My children got the polio. I got five children at home to feed and they all got the polio. I can't let that go for less than $80. Well, well, just give me four sticks then. For $40. Four sticks for $40? Boy, I'll give you four sticks for $60. I got to untie and refuse them. I'm gonna take this finger bone out of my pocket and wave it at you. Oh, don't you do that now. Oh, that, that I'm not, waving it. That better not I'm be a cursed finger bone. It's a cursed finger bone. I don't want finger bone. no cursed finger bone it's in cur- here. $50. Wanna, oh, okay, $50. Just get that cursed <laughs> finger bone out of here. I got some Apache boys working in the back loading stuff up. I don't need them freaking out seeing a cursed finger bone. I've been out here long enough to know a cursed finger bone when I see one. Why you tell me you had a cursed finger bone? Negotiating tactic is secret. Bringing a cursed finger bone into my supply depot. Take your four sticks and your fifty dollars and get out of here. Now I'll take your fifty dollars. Yeah, well, I'll give it to him. I take the four. Right. The four sticks. You not gonna be hanging around with a boy who carries a, uh, a stink finger? Uh, a stink finger. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's this one. Oh, smell it. Oh, that is foul. That's it. Get out of my supply depot. Well, you guys spent $50 and you have yourself a good four sticks of dynamite, which is surely enough to, like, blow up a section of track or cause a small avalanche, whatever it is you're 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 thinking about doing. And uh, if you want to ride out and get the lay of the land and find, you know, follow the, the rail track, it's a couple hours to the south. Um, um, do we know which actual car uh, the weapons are going to be on? N- no, other than they'll probably be in a, a freight car. Yeah. Yeah. And presumably there are also passenger cars. Usually there's a couple passenger yeah. cars and a couple freight cars towards the end. Okay. And the freight cars are always behind the passenger cars. And uh, But you might want to just get a good look at it first. I mean, the train's coming through tomorrow, you know, early afternoon. Okay. Today's September 3rd. But So tomorrow is the day that the train comes through. Okay. Yeah. And so, so I think we ought to get down there. To the world, uh, find a, a, a spot that looks good, and then bury this, and then run the wire out to a detonator that, and then, but preferably if it's in a location that can't be seen, then we can come back tomorrow. Blow it yes, up. Yes, right, well, right, right as the train's coming. Well, let's go take a look at the surrounding area and see if there's a 
place where we can set up the detonator and not be seen. Okay, well, you got to take the rest of the afternoon to go right out there and take a look around. Why don't you both make mine rolls to survey the, the area and make a good plan? I don't see nothing. But I see everything! <laughs> As you do, you see everything. Actually, there's two great places to get access. Uh, one is there is, in fact, much like a very large version of the natural land bridge that they were lynching Von Moleskine on earlier. It's a rather large land bridge. They've literally dynamited right through uh, kind of a curtain of rock to where there's a land bridge that goes up over the track about 50 feet above it. Um, but on the sides, one could potentially, you know, uh, set that land bridge off or use it to drop down. There's also a water tower right around a bend, and uh, there's a, a bridge that goes over a gully. It's not a huge bridge. I mean, you could, it's only like six or eight feet deep, you know, uh, this little gully. But they did have to make some trussles for the train to travel over. That also is a weak point that if you wanted to blow that, uh, that little small bridge... That should also stop it. And then uh, on either side of that natural rock bridge, there's some places where you could probably create a rock slide or something. Um, so there's a couple of places to, good places to get onto the train. Oh, and by that little bridge, there's also a water tower there where they can take on water if they need to, trains. And uh, those are, those are uh, a couple of good points to keep in mind, um, depending on how you want to rob the train, which, of course, I leave entirely up to you. Because your crew, this crew, you get the sense they'll go along with whatever plan you come up with. They, they say they need a leader and plan makers. So at the end of the afternoon, you've got uh, a couple yeah. of good possibilities that you figured out. Yeah. Uh, could use the, any one of those, really. I don't care. The bridge. Well, my plan uh, was really just to... Uh, I was, was going to like bury the dynamite. Just and then blow up like the tracks like itself. The tracks. To s- think with the thought that when it derails, it will slow down very quickly. I mean, if oh sure, sure. <laughs> and of course, if uh, and the reason I bring up that little trussle bridge is because you really wouldn't have to bury it then. You could just blow off that part of the, you know. Of course, you don't, I don't think you want it to crash. Is what I think I hear you saying. You just, right. Well, I mean, don't want. You know, I don't know how high off, how high the bridge is. But it wasn't very high at all. It was just going over a little creek. Oh, so that might yeah. not be that bad. And if you know the locomotive just you face like, plants in yeah, the creek, that's like exactly that. what would happen. Okay. Well, that yeah, that, I mean, it might not even be fatal to the people on board. Well, you kind of want it to be fatal to the armed people, if, if, if we can, but but we never know where they're going to be, so... Assuming... I mean, because I, I have to assume that the, they're just going to be, like, guards. Well, what you know, just, just from basic rumor and, and things like that, is that when they're shipping arms around to the different forts out here in the American West, uh, they usually hire Pinkertons. Pinkertons right? yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, they usually hire Pinkertons, at I've least a few. I've got no love for Pinkertons. Very few people do. You know, they used to call me Pink Finger Jones. <laughs> I don't want to know that story. <laughs> so do you want to bury the... Do you, do you want to set the dynamite now and come back tomorrow? Yeah, I'll set it Set it uh, underneath the... Uh, like, the beginning of the bridge, and then just blow it. Intend to blow it um, when the uh, as the train approaches. Okay, okay. And if is there, however, a spot... Because, I mean, I have to, like, kind of run the wire. I'm going to kind of bury it. 
under some dirt, you know, right. so it's not visible. Is there like a hill or oh, there's a there's a hillock, or something. Little there hill, you go. hillock, uh, covered again with uh, clumps of sage and a few tall hundred year old cactuses. Well, probably like six or seven hundred year old cactuses on top of it. We can kind of peer through the yeah, keep an eye. Sounds like a good spot to put the detonator. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Well, do you want to go back to town and share this plan with? Uh, of course, you don't have to take those with you, but you—they do have a nice big wagon, and, and uh, you got a whole train of people to yeah, cover. Yeah, I think we we need them, but we should talk about if we trust them. Uh, I mean, obviously, we probably don't trust. I know I don't trust them, uh, but <sighs> I mean, yeah, we, I guess we kind of do need them. Do we? Do we really? Uh, I think we need their wagon. Yeah, we need their wa- their wagon. Sure. Uh, but then we're gonna have them coming after us. And they'll get the other fucking ranchers. Their friends. They team up with the fucking Mickelsons. Yeah. Maybe we ought to put more dynamite in other places. <laughs> you know. Give the give them a, a distraction or. Just blow them up. <laughs> well, I don't have any more dynamite, and I don't think that bone trick's gonna work again. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> okay, so we're using all four of those. Or how how many did you get? Four. four yeah. 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 We'll probably need them for the train. Yeah, you probably want a nice big boom. And, and uh, well, I'll let you figure out exactly what you want to do tomorrow. But you know, by the time you guys get done, and let's say it was a couple hours away, the drive. Railroad doesn't go right through town. I mean, the the ride is toward the south. So I'm, you know, it'll be dark by the time you get back to town. And as you're riding back into town, T.J. Smiley is, is again sitting there on the sheriff's porch, and he again swings his feet down from the railing, walks over. Now, how you fellas doing this fine evening, says the sheriff? Oh, about ready for a drink, I imagine. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, what you boys been out there doing all day. I heard y'all collected a stick of dynamite. Well, might be doing some mining. Yeah, well, I hope so. Hope you found a good claim of land. Now you gotta be careful and register with the mining office, because you might—you don't want to be jumping a claim. I try to keep the peace around here, but when boys go and jump on each other's claims, there's gunfights. It's all kinds of chaos. And within well, T.J. Smiley's got to work for a living, and T.J. Smiley don't like to work for a living. So I reckon you boys ought to be careful whatever you're doing out there now. Yes, sir. Don't be jumping no claims. I promise. All right now, cause ain't nothing worse than a claim jumper. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless it's a train robber, and that's the worst kind of all. Oh gosh, I would just shoot them all in the face. Oh, if I ever found some train robbers, I could get a posse together like you wouldn't believe. Go out and hunt them down. Oh. What, what sort of uh, posse? Uh, what about them uh, M- Mickelson boys? Well, the Mickelson boys they tend to not be entirely neighborly, if you know what I mean. But they're all right, mostly. They like to get uh, they get themselves worked up every now and then. You see, every now and then, bandits come from over the border, down to Mexico way, and they take the cattle. And they know that once they get to that bridge down by Santa Cucaracha, I can't go across. No posse can. Boy, I tell you what, those blue jackets hanging down at the supply depot, even they can't chase them into Mexico. And even if it was legal, you got who knows what Roosevelt's got going on with that General Huerta who's running the place down there right now. We got that bridge down at Santa Cucaracha that's uh, about half a day away. But, uh, last time I heard, the Mexican army is pretty well entrenched down there. I see. Yeah, but that's about the only good place to cross for 100 miles in either direction. 
least until that railroad bridge comes through. And then we'll hook up with the Mexican uh, with the Mexican Central to go all the way to Veracruz. Be another way across the continent, except for the Panama Canal. But I'm, I, you know, I'm worried about the future here in the big picture. All I really need to be worried about is the, the safety of this community. So with that, I'll get back to keeping a watchful eye on things, fellas. Good evening. Yes. Good evening. And if you see any train robbers, let me know. I'll take them out for you. Oh, I always know a train robber when I see one. Don't you worry. And he goes back up onto the porch. And uh, I think he's suspicious. Puts his feet up. Puts his feet up. My um, people are always suspicious of me, so I'm used to it. Hey, you. You hear a woman's voice. I didn't do nothing. And uh, coming out of the uh, of uh, Gould's public house, smoking his great big cigar, come Kate Calhoun, the, the woman in Jesse Loveless's crew. So, you guys got any more news for us about this big job you're planning? Uh, we're working out the details. Well, I heard a little rumor there's a train coming through tomorrow. That's what some boys at the supply depot were saying. Could be. So you still gonna need us to bring this rig for you or what? She's, of course, talking about their wagon. Hmm. <laughs> Haven't decided we need you yet. Well, if he's gonna be a posse after us, we might need him. What you boys whispering about now? <laughs> Says Kate. Well, they might need her. You don't go dangling. You don't go dangling the Jesse Loveless gang on a hook and then just drop them off. Now, I believe you. 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 Uh, you might as well have made a deal with us the minute you sat down. Mm. Boy, I'd, I'd hate to think what would happen if the train got robbed and we wasn't involved. Just might. We might get civic-minded all of a sudden. Just gonna have to have a talk with that pretty boy sheriff. You don't oh. want to mess with Kate Calhoun. I'll tell you that right now. We were just having a word with uh, the sheriff, just right before you arrived. Well, he got soft spot for me, I'll tell you that right now. He thinks I'm a fallen woman, he wants to take me to church. I so he, I just might let him take me to church and put a little whisper in his ear about the sons of bitches who robbed the train and didn't cut me in on it. I don't think it's a soft spot. Oh, <laughs> hey, you're a funny guy, old man, funny guy. You keep wiggling that finger. <laughs> That's not a finger. <laughs> That's not a finger. <laughs> now listen. I'm going to find you tomorrow morning. You're going to let me know what's going on. Now, we were to devise a signal to let you know. A signal? That's right. What kind of signal? Something loud. And then what do you want? Like a whistle. And then we do what? And then you come towards the whistle. That will be where the uh, train has been, you know, stopped. That sounds like a terrible idea. Don't think I don't the whistle think, be loud enough? I don't think you can whistle two hours away. Yeah, that train track damn far away. You well, look- you'll hear the train whistle, but, but uh, you'll uh, still need to know whereabouts it's stopped at, I suppose. I'll tell you what, I think you better come and talk to Jesse and get this plan hammered out. Following some dumbass whistle? Well, that was just my first idea. Well, you, you, you're new to this train robbing business, ain't you? What time? Do we know what time the train's coming through? Yeah, it's coming early, early after about 2.15. Well, 2.15 is when it's due in Phoenix, so really, you know, any time before then. About the area you were looking, you could guesstimate early afternoon, 1-ish, something like that. Well, all right, how about it, well, Let's go talk to Jesse and... I guess I guess we just gotta just let him... Just, just have him come with us. We don't want him... 
We're gonna have enough people after us after this. That sounds right. What you gonna do if you run into a lock? You gotta get with Grim Freely. He's the best lock man in the business. That's fine. You, we'll, we'll stick to the plan. Last dumbass I know who tried to blow a save blew up all the money, too. Well, anyway, you guys go into uh, Peagle's public house with Jesse Lovelace if you want and, and, and hammer out a plan and, and share with him whatever it is you want to do. And I'm thinking that the next time we get together here on Goonies World, talk about robbing that train. Okay, so we rob be robbing. Robin trains. Okay. Well, with that, then, uh, everybody, uh, we will see you next time. See you. Yeah. We'll see you. Goodbye. <laughs>